0: If you have your Bibles, turn to the 14th chapter of John, John chapter 14. Uh, At the conclusion of this service, um, we're going to take Holy Communion, and I'm going to ask Pastor Jason uh, to lead us in Holy Communion at the conclusion of this service. I want to let you know that if you are a Christian, if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we welcome you to partake of Holy Communion with us. You do not have to be a member of our church. You do not have to be a member. We just ask you to be a member of the body of Christ. And at the end of this service, if you came in and you didn't get a, a, the little packet of elements, if you didn't get this when you came in uh, and you want to partake of Holy Communion with us, we'll have a moment to pass those out again for people who didn't get them. So uh, we always look forward to Holy Communion. John chapter 14. How many brought your Bibles? Thank you. Thank you for bringing your Bibles. John chapter 14, verse number 16. Jesus is talking here, and notice what he says. I will pray the Father, or we would say it this way, I will ask the Father, he will give you another helper. Everybody say helper. helper. That he may abide with you forever. Jesus says, I'm going to pray and ask the Father to give you another helper. And this helper is going to abide with you forever. On Sunday mornings, we've been studying the subject of our Holy Helper. It's great living life with a Holy Helper. That's what we've been studying. I don't know about you, but I take comfort every day knowing I've got divine help. Now, you, you don't have to access it. Unfortunately, many Christians just trod through life, plod through life on their own. Trying to figure it out. But I'm going to tell you, you don't have to do that. You've got some help. There are some benefits in serving Jesus. Did you hear me? I said there are benefits in serving Jesus. Let me say that. There are benefits to serving Jesus. Benefit. There's some good things out now. We talk about heaven a lot. People talk about heaven a lot. And that's wonderful. It's great. We're going there. But making Jesus Lord of your life is a lot. You don't have to wait to die and go to heaven before you get any benefits. There are benefits right now for serving Jesus. And one of those wonderful benefits is you got divine help. You've got divine help. Jesus said, I'm going to pray the Father, and He's going to give you another helper. Look at John 14, 16 again. I'm going to pray the Father, and He will give you another helper. That word, another, Jesus says there, another, means one just like me. One just like me. I'm going to give you another helper that He will abide with you forever. And I shared with you that that word helper... In the Greek, literally means parakletos. It literally means one whose purpose, his intent, his reason for being, his calling is to be alongside, to come close to you, and he will strengthen you, he will assist you, he's our counselor, he's our advisor, he's our coach, he's our defender, and he will support us. That word that word, uh, parakletos carries the meaning of a personal counselor. He he's not just a a counselor in title. He is a personal counselor. It means a personal coach. It means a personal assistance. Uh, coaches are now a big term. Used to, when I was growing up, coaches were were involved just in athletics. Okay? But now everybody has a coach. There are business coaches that coach young men or young women, entrepreneurs on how to grow their business, or even older people on who are business people, they have business coaches that teach them and grow them and help them strengthen their skills as a coach. Uh, of course there's athletic coaches. Athletic coaches. When our son was playing ball, he had a catching coach for catchers. He had a hitting coach because he was a good hitter and we was always and that coach was just constantly tweaking his sw- there's his swings and his actions as a player. You, some of you have dance, your children have dance coaches. Some of your, your children have voice coaches. Some of your children have uh, um, uh, uh, acrobatic coaches coaches and tumbling coaches and and those coaches serve to tweak and hone and and make better and see things about their skills to make them to be able to grow and develop more Uh, our son not only had uh uh, athletic coaches he had a reading coach (laughs) he had a math coach Uh, he had a spelling coach uh uh, thank god for coaches uh that helped him graduate from school um uh so and 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 nowadays, not only that, we have life coaches, we have coaches for our health. we have coaches for our uh, for uh, uh to, to live better and to to take care of our bodies better. Coaching is a big thing now. it's a big thing now. They call them lifestyle coaches, or life coaches. It's huge now. Coaching is hu- It's a huge concept. I want you to understand, it's always been God's will for His children to have a coach. It's big now in our culture, but you have always had a personal coach, and His name is the Holy Spirit. You and I have a coach in life, and His name is the Holy Spirit. He is not just a theory. He is not just a force. He is not a thing The Holy Spirit is our personal helper, counselor, coach, and advisor. I like what the Amplified says. Look at John chapter 14, verse 16 in the Amplified. It says, I will ask the Father, and He will give you another helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby to be with you forever. Now, let me, let me, let's, let's get this, let's break this down where we live every single day. Okay? A key, a key that I've learned to accessing his help. See, see, uh, he's available to everybody. The Holy Spirit's God. He's no respecter of persons. Whatever God is, that's who the Holy Spirit is. He loves everybody. And he's available to everybody. But not everybody accesses his help a key in accessing the Holy Spirit's help in our life is simply our ability to recognize Him and remember He is present with us. A key to accessing His ability in our life is simply, it's simple, it's simply recognizing Him. Oh man, the Holy Spirit's working here. I'm going to operate with Him. I'm going to cooperate with Him. Or remember him. How many times have you got yourself in a mess and you've pulled every lever, you've pulled every string, you've done every formula you know to do, you've called every person, and all of a sudden it dawns on you, man, I ain't even prayed about this yet. I need to pray about this. See, a key in accessing his help, well, let's put it this way, a key in getting the benefit of his help is recognizing him. Recognize His work and remembering Him. Remembering Him in our life. Accept, remember Him and recognizing Him. Look at John chapter 14 verse 16 and 17 again. Look at John 14, 16, 17. I will pray the Father. He will give you another helper that He may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. Notice He's available but the world can't take advantage of Him. The world can't take advantage. Why? Because they can't see Him. They don't know Him. They don't recognize Him. But notice what Jesus says. But you know Him. Christians, you know Him. For He dwells with you and will be in you. I, uh, I've, uh, I've learned something many times. Many times. And see if this ain't in you also. Many times I've come out on the other side of a situation and looked back and was could see the Holy Spirit was orchestrating the events all the way through that situation. But I didn't recognize it till I got on the other side. If I would have been able to recognize Him sooner, I would have spared myself a lot of anxiety and a lot of worry. If I could have just said, man... This delay is not, I don't have to figure this out. This denial, this rejection I'm going through, I'm not going to have to work this out. That's the Holy Spirit protecting me. See, I didn't recognize Him until it was after it was over with. Recognizing, listen, recognizing the work of the Holy Spirit in our daily life is a key to accessing His help. I am. Um, my ministry started, my pastoral ministry started like that, and I didn't even recognize it. It was 1983, let me tell you the story. 1983, Amanda and I had been youth pastor in West Tennessee for two years. Uh, in fact, it was at Mumford Assembly of God. It's where Liz's parents, Liz's parents, Pastor Liz's parents, were in our youth group. They were, they were high school students dating they were in our youth group. Shows you how old I am. And and now Pastor Liz, their their child is our youth pastor. Well, we were pastors down there, youth pastors for two years, and our youth group had really grown, and so word had gotten out about us. So a church in West Tennessee, right up the road, in Humboldt. Anybody ever heard of Humboldt, Tennessee? Anybody ever been to Humboldt, Tennessee? Anybody glad you got out of Humboldt, Tennessee? A church in Humboldt called and said, our pastor is moving to Arkansas. We hear you want a pastor. I said, yeah, I want a pastor. I I, I knew it was time for me to go pastor. They said, would you come up and talk to us? So we went up and talked to them. I was 25. Amanda was 22. And it was a little church outside of Humboldt in in the rural area, country little church, called Gregory's Chapel. Gregory's Chapel was the name of the church. So we went up there and talked to them, and we had a wonderful interview. They were friendly and kind, and the board was wonderful. And they said, would you come back and preach for us in a couple of weeks? And I said, well, I'll be happy. We'll be happy to come preach for you. We was excited. See, they were a church about 120. Now, back then, that was a large church. And to start out with a church of 120, that's a real big deal for a 25-year-old to start out with a church of 120. And not only that, they not only had a church of 120, behind their church, they had a softball field. And I'm going to tell you, it wasn't just a softball. They had a lighted softball field. They had big poles and lights. Now, this was in 1983. Now, I know World Outreach has got a. Got a softball field, and I know New Vision's got a softball field, but it ain't no big deal. We got, we got softball fields. You know where the sports comm is? That's our softball field. Shoot, we got more We got soccer fields. Down here at Park, that's our soccer fields. We even got a swimming pool. They don't have no swimming pool. Sports comm, that's our swimming pool. Hey, we got an Andes. They don't have an Andes. That's our Andes right up there. We got everything we need. Well, th- back in 1983, churches didn't have all that stuff, but this church softball was big, so they had a nice softball field. They had a lit softball field. They had a softball team that had won the county championship year after year. And I'm 25 years old, and I'm going to be- we were pumped up. Amanda played softball. She was All-State in softball in high school and All-State in basketball in high school. That's why I never let her play golf. Anything she played, she ended up beating me. So I never let her play golf. So we they said, come and preach. So we went and preached. And all, I'm telling you what, I did preach good. I need to let you. I've, and they bragged on us, oh, man, that's what we need. That's exactly what we need. That's exactly what we need. So they said, you just go pray about it. So we went back and prayed for a couple weeks. And I heard the Spirit of God say, I will open the door at Gregory's Chapel. Now, I'm young in the faith. And I'm just, Lord, I want to be what you want me to be. I want to go where you want me to go. I want to do what you want me to do. And one day in prayer, right down here, I heard this. I will open the door at Gregory's Chapel. Now... Let me let me pause and say this. Many times the Spirit of God will prompt us or speak something to our heart or impress us with something and we will put our interpretation on it instead of allowing the Holy Spirit who spoke it to bring it to pass. So the Spirit, these words, I was impressed in prayer, I'm going to open the door at Gregory's Chapel. So you know what I did? I went and told the pastor, I said, Pastor, I'm going to I'm, uh, they, they, they want to vote on me as their pastor, and they, they love my preaching, and they told me I was going to be the next pastor, and they would just vote and let me call me and let me know in two weeks on a Wednesday night. And but I'm going to be the pastor, so I'm going to submit my resignation. He says, I understand, Eddie. We've been praying for you, and we don't want you to leave, but but we know this is the next step for your ministry and life. I told my family the Lord said he's going to open the door at Gregory's Chapel, and they want me to be the pastor. Everybody was saying, man, you're starting out with a church of 120, man. That's fantastic, you know. And they were going to pay us $20,000 a year. I was making $8,000 a year, so I was more than doubling my pay, man, $20,000 a year. Man, they had a parsonage. They had a parsonage, a house for us to live in, and they told us come up. The week after you preach and you can pick out the paint and all that kind of stuff. You're going to be the pastor. Man, we were pumped up. We knew we were going. So the Wednesday night they were supposed to call. I did my youth service. Then I had all the kids come over to our house. We had cake. We had chips. We had Cokes. We had a celebration. And the phone rang. And I go to the back bedroom. Because there's so much noise where all the kids are. And we... And the, the the man on the other end said, Brother Turner. I said, yes. He said, uh, this so-and-so, board member at Gregory's Chapel. Uh, I said, yeah. I said, how'd it go? He said, well, I hate to tell you this, but you didn't get elected. And, man, it was quiet. I said, what? He said, you didn't get elected. I said, what does that mean? He said, well, you're not going to be our pastor. And I was stunned. But you said y'all loved us and we would be the next pastor. And I I didn't tell him this, but I was thinking, I heard the Spirit of God say, I'm going to open the door at Gregory's Chapel. He said, I'm sorry. I said, well, what, what do y'all, can I come back again or do I need to come back and meet again? He said, no, no, we, we elected another pastor tonight. I said, really? He said, I'm sorry to disappoint you. I hung up the phone. I'm in, I'm stunned. I'm speechless. I'm, we're heartbroken. I've already resigned my church as youth pastor. I don't have a job. I don't have a place to go. And uh, just broken. But the Spirit of God said, I'm going to open the door at Gregory's Chapel. So we got, honestly, we didn't know how to handle it. We got down. We got discouraged. And about a week later on a Saturday, following week on a Saturday, I get a call from a guy. He says, uh, is this Eddie Turner? I said, yeah, it is. He said, uh, my name's Bill Malone. I said, oh, hey, Bill. He said, uh, I'm from all good Tennessee. I said, okay. He said, I hear you're uh, interested in being a pastor. I said, I don't know if I am or not. <laughs> not only was I heartbroken, I was going to leave the ministry. I was going, to, I was going to go out and open me a distillery or something. I didn't know what I was going to do. <laughs> and uh, he said, Our church is without a pastor, and we've heard about you, and we'd like to talk to you. I said, Well, I'm not sure. I, that's what I want to do, but. I appreciate the call. Let me, i talk to my wife about it and we'll pray about it. He said, well, in the meantime, can you send us a resume? And I said, uh, well, yeah, you are trying to get him off the phone. I wasn't interested, man. We were down. I, was, I didn't want to talk to nobody. Didn't want to get my hopes up again. And uh, that was on Saturday at noon. Monday evening at six o'clock, my phone rings. It's this same guy, Bill. He said, hey, um... We want to interview you as pastor, for pastor. I said, I hadn't even sent my resume. He said, I know it. Don't worry about it. We want to interview you. I said, well, I don't know if I want to be a pastor. He said, well, at least come talk to us. I said, okay. Uh, I'll talk to my wife about it. I said, where are you located? Where is all good? He said, it's outside of Cookville. I said, well, let me ask you, uh, what size church you got? He said, we got 30. I'm thinking 120 to 30. (laughs) I said, "Do you have a ball field?" He said, "No, we don't have a ball field." He said, "And I just need to tell you, we can't pay you much." I think, man, and we don't have a place for you to live. I'm thinking, man, I'm going down fast. (laughs) He said, "Uh, "In fact, we we don't have enough money." We don't have enough money to pay your expenses to come up here for an interview. But there's two other guys we want to interview, and they all live in West Tennessee where we were. He said, uh, so we're going to, the board is going to, on their own expense, drive down there and interview all of y'all in West Tennessee. I said, well, okay. I never heard of that before, but that would be fine. I said, where are you going to interview at? He said, Have you ever heard of a place called Gregory's Chapel? (laughs) Honest truth. The Lord said, I will open the door at Gregory's Chapel. See, I interpreted to mean I'd be the pastor. He had other meanings. He said, I said, yeah, I've heard of that church. He said, our pastor just got elected as their pastor. Then my flesh got involved. I ain't walking in there. I can out-preach that guy. I can out-preach that guy. And he got elected at Gregory's Chapel, and now I'm going to go take, they want me to come take his church. And I said, well, I don't know. He said, well, just talk to us. See, I almost miss God. Because I missed, I didn't recognize the Holy Spirit's leading See, some of the rejections you've received, some of the delays you've received, some of the denials you've received are really the Holy Spirit preventing some things from happening in your life. He's really looking out for you. But because we don't recognize His leading, we get ourselves all worked up in something. We ended up interviewing with them and ended up... uh, Becoming the pastor and stayed for 20 years. And that church went from a small church to over 2,200. And, and Gregory's Chapel since then has had 10 or 12 pastors. And never got over 150, 200 people. You see, if I would have recognized the Holy Spirit's leading, I would have saved myself a lot of worry and anxiety. I tell you something else the Holy Spirit will do. I've, I've found myself involved in situations where i've asked i've begged and pleaded with the lord to deliver me get me out any of you ever got yourself in a mess and you say oh god get me out of this mess get me out and you know he is so faithful he's so loving he's so kind he'll get us out of some real messes but i've discovered uh, many of the messes i got myself into if i would have listened i would have never got myself in that mess he was trying to keep me out of it the whole time. Here's something I've learned about the Holy Spirit's leading. The Holy Spirit's preventive leading is as supernatural as His delivering power. I uh, I was the president of an organization and uh, we had a deal going uh, for over a million dollars. And uh, I got to the attorney's table and I got ready to sign the deal and the Holy Spirit said right here don't do it don't sign I got ready pulled up to the table attorney gave me the paperwork everybody sitting around the table I picked up the ink pen I got ready to pop, and right here I felt a just a sharp jolt and I heard the spirit say don't sign that paper And I pushed, it so shocked me. I pushed back from the table. I took a deep breath. I said, I can't sign that paper. And when I said, I can't sign that paper, people around me, you got to sign it. You got to sign it. People's lives are in the balance. You got to sign that. You got to sign that. They're going to lose a church. You got to sign that paper. I looked at my assistants. I said, Something's telling me not to sign this paper. And he said, Pastor, you got to sign it. You got to sign it. This is a done deal. We got to sign it. And I listened to their pleading. Instead of to the Lord's leading. And I signed the paper. And we lost a million dollars. We lost a million dollars. See, the Holy Spirit's preventive leading was just as supernatural. It might not be as spectacular as testifying that God got me out of a mess. But a lot of things we get ourselves into that we beg God to get us out of, He wouldn't have to get us out if we would listen to Him early on in the situation. See, one of the keys of accessing the help of our Holy Helper is being able to recognize His working in our life and remembering Him when we need Him. Let me, let me close with this. I've already shared with you that the Holy Spirit, number one, comforts us. I've shared with you that the Holy Spirit He indwells us. Uh, I've shared with you that the Holy Spirit teaches us. Let me let me let me share this with you, and I will we'll close with this and take communion. The Holy Spirit, one of His works in our life, is He reminds us. He reminds us. Let me give you scripture for that. Turn with me to John chapter 14, verse 26. John chapter 14, verse 26. Jesus says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. See, he's a teacher, and will bring to your remembrance all things that I've said to you. He'll bring to your remembrance. Have you ever been talking to someone, trying to encourage them or help them, and all of a sudden pop in your memory something that God's done for you that you can share with them and help them? That's the Holy Spirit. He's reminding you. There's not a week that goes by <clears throat> that I'm not working with a couple and the Holy Spirit, while I'm sitting there, I hadn't thought about them, and hadn't thought about the Scripture, but the Holy Spirit will give me a Scripture. He's, he will remind you. That's what the Bible says. See, it's what our Helper do. He will remind. He'll bring to your remembrance the things that God has said to you today. Between service, Amanda and I were working with a young couple who were going through some difficulties, and right there, Amanda gave her a scripture. We hadn't talked about that scripture in months, and Amanda came to her mind, gave the the family a scripture. And you could tell when she said that scripture, it was like a light turned on in them. The Holy Spirit will remind you. We see this every week in our ministry here at Family Worship Center. Every, Every week during this time, between first and second service, we have teams of people that go down here to Adam's place that work in the memory care unit. We have been invited to come to the memory care unit. So every week we have a different team that goes to Adams Place and does church service for the patients of the memory care. And they'll go in there and they will be anywhere from 10 to 20 patients. And they're in there because they are at some stage of dementia or they have some stage of Alzheimer's. And every week they go in there, they don't remember our team from week to week. Most of them don't even remember if they've had breakfast that morning. Many of them don't remember their own family members. They don't remember their family members' names because they're sick in their mind, in their brain, is sick. So their memory is leaving them. And and it, it's amazing to watch it happen. They can't remember if they had breakfast. But when we start to sing the hymns, they remember every word. They, remember, they can't remember where they are. Many of them, they can't even remember their name. But when they start to sing the hymns or start to read the Scriptures, their minds come alive. Why? Why? Because the Holy Spirit, our Helper, brings to our remembrance... The things that the Lord has taught us. See, but being able to access that. Being able to remember that and recognize that. I tell you, I'm, I, I've even taken that further. There have been times that I've misplaced things. And I've stopped and said, Holy Spirit, help me here. Holy Spirit, help me here. And in just a moment, He would lead me right to it. He would help me. Remember exactly where I put it. I tell you, you can develop that in your life. I'm talking about the Holy Helper. I'm talking about you and I have some benefits in serving Jesus. And we've got a divine helper who will comfort us, strengthen us, stand by us, coach us, assist us, defend us. We've got a God, a helper who lives on the inside of us. He dwells in us. He's right in here, in your spirit, man. A lot of people are looking for God from out here. You don't have to look out here. Just look on the inside. Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God dwells in you, dwells in you. We have a holy helper that comforts us. We have a holy helper that lives in us. We have a holy helper that teaches us. Remember, he wrote the Bible. And if he wrote the Bible, he can help you understand it. He's the teacher, and we have a holy helper that brings to our remembrance the things that the Lord has said to us. But the key is this. He brings to your remembrance. Remembrance is the key word. If you haven't put it in, he doesn't have to work with, anything to work with. That's why it's so important that you and I do our devotions every day. Listen. Listen to this. You do your devotions and you might go three or four days and think, well, that ain't nothing for me. Nothing special this week. Nothing dealing with what I'm dealing with. And three weeks later, you get in a situation and the Holy Spirit will bring something to your remembrance that you read that you didn't think didn't have anything to do with you. He brings to our remembrance, but you've got to put it in. You've got to put it in. He'll bring it to your remembrance. The Holy Helper. It's great living life with a Holy Helper. Amen? Amen. Stand with me, would you?